What's up my fellow scruffy looking nerf herders and welcome to the Carbonite Chat. We're going to be talking about the last little bit of the Titan battle and then the Wakanda battle to end this kind of breakdown of the Infinity Wars, Avengers Infinity Wars. Now, I last ended discussing how Quill, kind of how he made the mistake and how I think it might have could have been adjusted and fixed a little bit. That's in the last video that I did. Right after that, it cuts back to Wakanda and you have kind of some little quick cuts here. And it's kind of a bit of a, kind of a break and ease up here of the suspense tension kind of going on. I'm not a big fan of how that's done here, but whatever, I kind of mentioned in the prior video, you've got the, first you see Vision and a little hint of Scarlet Witch, which again, it's just such a small amount of time with them. There's no real building up of the connection any further than what we saw way back at the beginning of the movie, almost an hour ago. Yet in just a second, it's going to be one of the most emotional parts of the movie. And it's kind of lost a little bit because all that time was wasted in between, but I discussed that much further again in prior videos, so I won't harp on it too much here. Then you have, like I mentioned in the last video, the humor where it goes to Rocket making, you know, Rocket makes jokes, and okay, that's fine. You had the nice little moment where he's being spun around by, Wo I almost said Woody, Bucky, and it was a nice little heart, or you know, kind of harping back to the original Guardians of the Galaxy with him and Groot. But then it goes into some humor, like, okay, well, that's Rocket. But then it goes right after that to here comes Thor making jokes. Oh, he grew a beard out. And then it goes to like, you know, oh, here's uh, Groot. And then there's jokes with Groot. And then it's like, oh, and here's Captain America. And it's like, hold on a minute. Weren't y'all just in a battle with an endless number of space dogs that are just endlessly attacking you? And there's this relentless kind of battle y'all are in? But you have humor and jokes. And in a second, Vision's going to be falling to the ground. And no one can quite get to him. Thor can't get to him. Takes Captain America a while to get to him. Groot can't get to him. But y'all got time to make jokes. And this is where it's like, you know, that kind of Marvel humor that gets on my nerves a little bit. I mentioned earlier the Quill thing, just where it's in the scene, it's in the moment. Then that's fine. It's just, but they're both just standing here in the middle of this huge battle, not doing anything making jokes, talking back and forth. It just, it, it bothers me a little bit, but the next thing that kind of comes up is obviously Scarlet Witch moves down. And it was a plan by them to be able to open it up where they could go into attack vision. And then we have uh, the pause to make sure that everyone remembers that there are women in this movie. <laughs> it was which is fine. I, I, the scene was fine. I enjoyed the moment or whatever. But it just it, that's what it really felt like to me. It was like pause. Look, we have girls in this. Please remember that. Don't say that this is all men because we have all of our female characters in this one moment. We're going to take a break and show them fighting each other. And again, it was cool. But I just that's what it felt like to me. I was like, time out. <laughs> We've got girls. Watch. It was just, it was humorous to me the way that kind of all played itself out. But then you have Bruce Banner heading out to go and try to rescue Vision. And I like what they ended up doing with them here. They, they paid off towards the end what they set up at the beginning. And again, I think what they set up at the opening and paid off at the end was great. It was kind of how they got kind of muddled up in the middle with so many storylines and not being able to keep them all at the top. Some of them sank down a little bit. I think Bruce's is one of the better ones because it's always set to a type of humor that works. It fits its 
improving the story. And because it's always in these tense moments, his humor that fits with the story is more recognizable because whenever you put humor in the situ in the time frame of something suspenseful, then it, it takes you out of it and thus you remember it more likely. It's like if you're eating, you know, a hand handfuls of popcorns at the movie and then all of a sudden you you know you got a handful of M&Ms, you're gonna remember the time you ate the M&Ms by accident when you were eating your you know bucket of popcorn. That's just how it works. So his works a lot better, even though he's he's cut out from some of the movie in the second act as well. But it shows we always see the Hulk, and the Hulk obviously is the strong side. But it was nice to see in a fight getting to see Bruce Banner have to use his brain to defeat an enemy. And I really like that. It paid off at the end. Hulk never came back. You keep thinking he's gonna come back. But he doesn't. And that's a nice little kind of subversion of the expectation. Ryan Johnson, are you listening? Nice subversion of the expectation. Not a stupid, terrible one. <laughs> Enough about kind of that one. And then we go and Captain finally shows up. And so he's going fighting. He brings back up yet again, we don't trade lives. And we have that with him and Vision where Vision saves him and says, we don't trade lives. And it's this, it's this kind of clash between the ideals of Captain America and the Avengers and then Thanos. And where ultimately Thanos is willing to trade lives to save the galaxy. And Captain America's not. And he will not. No matter what. He'll die himself if he has to. But he won't trade lives. Then we cut to Thanos fighting Doctor Strange. Now this is both a brilliant cut thought-wise because of what it's going to pay off in the end. And then also a brilliant fight scene. I love the fight scene between Doctor Strange and Thanos. Um, Doctor Strange was visually in amazing, the movie. But to see him fighting Thanos is just so much better. The ending was funny, clever, humorous, blah, blah, blah for Doctor Strange. But it was so much more enjoyable to see this back and forth fight between him and Thanos. And I just, I really enjoyed it. Does it take long? You're not sitting on it for a long period of time. But for me, I just, I really enjoyed it. He then stops Dr. Strange, of course, and then comes the Tony Stark fight. And these three characters are just so important to this movie and this moment where I said in the Wakanda battle breakdown like two videos ago, when Black Panther's talking to the Black Order, he says... Thanos will have nothing. And of course, at the very end of the movie, when he's talking to Gamora, she goes, what did you have to give up? He says, everything. So he gives up everything. That means he has nothing. Um, and then Black Panther says that you will have nothing. he will have nothing but dust and blood. Of course, we all know the ending. If you're still watching this and haven't seen the ending, what are you doing? There's spoilers. But everyone turns to dust. So there's the dust. And then here comes Tony using everything in his wheelhouse to try to be able to land something on Thanos that then they pause to do a little scratch and goes, all of that for a drop of blood. There's the blood. Nice little payoff, the little note there that, you know, T'Challa kind of mentioned that he will have nothing but blood and dust. He has a little bit of blood and nothing but dust. I just thought that was a really nice little touch. And then they follow that with him fighting Stark. He, he knows who Stark is. There's a connection there between them two that's not as fully, it's not the same as everyone else. Thanos looks down on everyone else. 
Almost every other character he talks to is like a daughter or son. They're the children of Thanos. But it's different with Tony. And I also think it's a little bit different with Doctor Strange, but I think they kind of harp on the Tony side of it a little bit more because obviously uh, Tony's going to be in the next movie and Doctor Strange isn't, or probably isn't. So he goes and they fight. He ends up killing him. He tells him how he's got respect for him. And again, this is something that Thor, I mean, Thor, Thanos doesn't quite really give to anybody. I think the connection is there's a, there's a lot of subtext in this movie. And one of the big kind of subtext of the movie is fatherhood. And kind of how the fatherhood and protection of the galaxy, the nurturing and protection. And Thanos views it one way. And Thanos views himself as the father of all life. He's kind of got to protect it or kill it to be able to protect it. And then he also, I think, understands and sees that Tony is the father of the Avengers. He started it all. And I mentioned that I think, you know, I believe it was in the first or second breakdown of this, how I think they should have kind of harped on more Tony's feelings of fatherhood to Spider-Man how he felt like kind of a father figure to Spider-Man because that, again, works for this. It works at the end when Spider-Man's dying in his arms. It also works at the very beginning when Tony's talking to Pepper about that they need to have kids, that she might be pregnant, that he feels like, you know, I felt like I was already a father. So there, these subs are kind of, subtexts are kind of coming in here to harp on that and go on that, and Thanos sees that. Thanos understands that. There's something different about Tony. Tony's growth over time, the so many losses, the so many struggles, so many issues that he's had throughout all this time. Thanos understands, Thanos grasps, Thanos sees, he respects it, and he hopes that everyone else sees the same thing. Now, right as he's about to kill Tony in this moment, Doctor Strange does the one thing that Captain would not do, Scarlet Witch would not do, and ultimately is the one thing that will end up saving everybody again because he knows the one thing. So anything he does from that point on is to make sure that he saves the galaxy. He's willing to do the hardest thing that Thanos said. It takes very strong will to be able to do something so hard. And Dr. Strange says, I think you'll find our wills are equal. Well, I believe you'll find that Dr. Strange's will is actually superior to his because Dr. Strange is willing to die to save the galaxy and Thanos is only willing to kill one is much harder than the other so he trades lives for Stark and this is ultimately going to end up saving everyone so it's interesting because there's this actually kind of like trinity of beliefs that are all kind of intertwined a little bit but tells a much larger story you've got Thanos that is willing to trade lives and but not willing to die for his beliefs you know yeah he's gonna fight until he dies but do you really think he's showing up at any of these battles thinking that he's gonna die at any point he begins to fight the hulk and Maz says let him have his fun he's not expecting or considering dying he's expecting killing off everyone for his goals his sacrifices he'll kill gamora but is he going to kill himself if he's going is he going to be willing to die to do all of this then you have Captain, who is not willing to trade lives, but is willing to die. So he's almost polar opposite of Thanos here. And so you have these just completely polar opposite contrasting kind of ideals 
Captain America will die, but he will not trade lives. And then you have the middle ground of Doctor Strange. And I think this is a nice little touch of where it's taking the ideas that Thanos kind of plays with, but is clearly on the wrong side of things. And this is very much a little bit of a stretch. But, and then you have that great ideals of Captain America that we all grasp, see, and understand and think, that's it. But Doctor Strange kind of finds that middle ground where he is willing to trade lives, but not for trillions of people. He's willing to trade his own. So he combines the trading of life with Captain America. And yes, you can say Captain America would have traded his life as well, as they mentioned that Captain America would die for it. But I think the constant harping on we don't trade lives, we don't trade lives, we don't trade lives, is trying to really kind of push that idea of right here, it's so clearly trading of lives between Stark and Doctor Strange. And so, yes, before you argue down to the bottoms, Captain America would do the same thing. I agree he would. But for the context of how this movie played it out, they pushed Captain America constantly saying, we won't trade lives, and then Doctor Strange says, we trade lives. So, yes, Doctor Strange is much more here. It's kind of the triangle is them two right here and Thanos over here. But I find that very interesting, that connection, that the willingness to sacrifice themselves is what makes them the heroes and which makes them where they're going to win at the end of the day and is why Thanos will never be able to win because he's not willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for himself. He makes what he thinks is the ultimate sacrifice, but he's not really willing to make the true sacrifice. He sees everyone disappearing and that's it. And again, it's fitting, you know, if someone's not even mentioned this, this works with what Tony said at the very beginning of Avengers 1, where he goes to fight Loki and they say, if we can't win, you can be sure that we'll avenge the universe. Well, here they are. They're going to have to avenge the universe, which is why, as many people have mentioned, they killed off everyone, most everyone that wasn't part of the original Avengers. Well, now we have these original Avengers, and now they're actually going to have to try to avenge the universe. It's very fitting, very poetic. Uh, this movie is a lot deeper than a lot of people give it credit for. And then we go to Thanos, and I love this scene, minus, I love it. I just think it could have been better last time touching on it with the Vision and Scarlet, if they could have had some more time in the second act, if they could have got to Wakanda earlier and kind of spent some time discussed and struggled and you get to see the struggle and the love between those two characters instead of the only time you see it is the slow motion walk forward with Thanos. I do like the slow motion. They use slow motion very well in this movie. I do like the fights where he's just, at this point, I'm tossing people away. I'm so close. I've given Gamora up. I've given, uh, you know, I fought for this to get all the way to this point. I've actually bled for it in this situation. I've lost all the people, the you know, kind of children of Thanos at this point, and it's time for me to just end this. And I, I really like that. You know, you could have added, you could have cut off the movie there and moved on, but I like the fact that they just, here he is, he's got almost everything, and once he gets to the point where, you know, he talks to Scarlet Witch, he says, you have no idea what I've given up today. And it's it, that kind of, to me, reflects the way he fights this scene. It's like, I don't have time. I'm moving towards my action. I've had enough time with all you people. Like, you know, the opening of the movie is let him have his fun. He's had his fun. And now his fun is over with. I just want, I want to end this. I want to take a break, sit down, look at the sun, 
and just smile that I finally accomplished the task and move on to, you know, being a farmer. And so as he's moving forward, you have the moment where finally Scarlet Witch and Vision, or Scarlet Witch is making the decision. She's going to trade lives. And it's this, the slow motion adds to this because you have this slow motion build up and you are, the tension is building up in you as an audience. And then you have this beautifully cathartic moment of the explosion, the kind of just release of breath. She did it. She won. She finally, like, we beat them. Like, we stopped them. We, we did it. It's this beautiful, cathartic expression visually shown through the explosion of the soul stone. Only to have Thanos still be so calm. Only to have Thanos look down and, again, speak to her without the respects, talk to her as if she's his daughter, and then brilliantly remind us, no, he has the time gem now, and he can reverse it. And then, as it, again, visually beautiful, as the explosion calls you to release your breath and relax, you having that kind of brought back in and reverse back into the tension of, oh my God, they can't stop him. And then he destroys vision. And yet again, in the moment of pure, just like, it's over. There's nothing we can do now. Thor flies in and throws the axe right through Thanos. And we have the beautiful moment again. They so, they brilliantly touched on the beginning and ends of this movie where you're watching it and you have a beautiful setup to Thor's desires and kind of efforts in this movie to kill Thanos. He said he would do it. That's what he says at the end. I told you this would happen as he slowly just pushes it in and we're all right there with Thor ready to just absolutely just like, yes, kill him, kill him, kill him. Like it's another cathartic moment. And this is what the movie did so brilliantly right here is two moments of stressful buildup and then boom, catharsis. And then Right as you get that kind of happen, it builds back up to a stressful moment and then another set of catharsis. And if you've noticed, I may have bothered you because I've snapped twice. Because you know what happens right after that moment. When you feel like you've won and then you hear Thanos yet again just calmly say, you should have went for the head. And then...